Welcome to another edition of The List, a right fiction podcast. We've got a wonderful show for everyone today about our favorite supergroups. Before we get started, if you love the pod, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your listening app. It helps us reach new listeners just like you. Also, be sure to check out our website, www.rightfiction.com, where you can find the Spotify playlist with all our picks that we mentioned in the pod. Now, let's get to it. What happens when musicians, well-known in their own right, get together with other well-known musicians? Will the stars align to produce heavenly, beautiful music where the sum is greater than the parts? Or will the size of the various egos leave no room for songs and musicianship to coexist, giving us the audio equivalent of oil and water? Well, today, we'll find out as we explore our favorite musical supergroups giving you our take on this musical superlative. Great word. Um, <laughs> and with that, I want to introduce the guys real quick. Uh, we have Adam, Blonde, Selleck, Dr. Podiatrist, Zelensky. Podiatrist. Uh, we got Freddie, <laughs> Bo, Betty, Berman. How are you, sir? I am well, thanks. And Man, you're always coming with the nice haircuts. You got the ha- new haircut. Very nice. Very nice, sir. Um, High and tight. High and tight. Yeah. Then we got Good. Brendan, Patty, Meta, McGann. How are you, sir? I'm doing quite well and a good day to you three fine gentlemen. Yes. My name is Aaron Brown, the John Stockton of this podcast, a.k.a. Corn Teeth. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to Still be. Don't quite here. know what that means, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I got to figure out a, a good meme to put with that. So I just got to. It's a visual, or right. yeah, I don't know. Put my head on a piece of corn, but then I look like a little worm. So I don't. Well, you're like, like worm I, I, all your teeth are corn, corn, and you're and you're holding a, a cob full of teeth. Yeah, I'm not that good at, at uh, Photoshop and stuff. Uh, so then I got to figure out how to that would be put funny. that all together. Uh, if there's any listener out there that can put my head on a piece of corn or put the corn in my mouth. Um, don't do that because we will hate on you. Uh, please sub- submit your uh, t- uh, submit your selections to adamjzelinski at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, he'll put it up on his wall and, and shame you with it. I'm gonna get a time. frame. I'm gonna frame. <laughs> um, so what's going on, guys? How how are we today? Are we guys uh, enjoying this hot weather we got going on? Or, yes. Um, all the sports balls are happening. You guys are very busy. Oh, yeah. I know, um, you know, Adam and, and Brendan. Um, Adam, what's going on in, the, in your sport ball world? Playoffs. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird because, like, the playoffs are starting, like, what, like a month, month and a half late. So there's just this weird, like, June overlap, you know, between uh, all the Philly and New York. There's a lot of Philly and New York teams in, in the respective hockey and basketball playoffs. So all of us uh, TV peeps are running around like uh, crazy people. Are you working any of the games, buddy? Yeah, I was at game one Sixers. I just did Islanders nice. Penguins game six. I got, I don't know, we'll see what the second round brings. I think the, I mean, you know, it's hard to, to talk in the current because I know this is going to come out later, so I won't right. make any prognostications here. But, um, I, I mean, there's the, the Philly and New York teams have a good chance of still being pretty prevalent when, uh, when this comes out. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm a big Sixers fan, as you guys out there may or may not know. Um, 
And uh, Freddie's giving me the 2-0 sign there because at this point in time, our Sixers are whipping up on the Washington Wizards. Um, they're throwing popcorn on Russ, uh, Russ oh, Westbrook. Man, that was um, messed up. Hey, guys, living I got to say. Living up to the rip. <laughs> I advocate that stuff. Uh, <laughs> you do. <laughs> but only if it's just like regular popcorn. Don't put any like butter or cheese on it because that gets sticky and messy. That guys, dude's so. going to be banned for life. He's no longer. He's not going to be able to go to a game. Ever I again. hope so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you got it. You can't. If you I don't hope they press pre- charges besides just kicking them out. Well, that brings up a good point. Is how do you enforce banned for life? Because I was I was actually working in a Phillies game a couple weeks ago, and they had two guys that ran onto the field, and they weren't streaking in the literal Thank sense God. of the word. But <laughs> at two different points of the game, there was so much excitement and I guess drunken debauchery that that two guys decided to run the length of the field, and they both pretty much made it. They did get caught once they hopped back on, but we were discussing that like. Yes, they are technically banned for life, but what if they have a friend that buys them their ticket? There's no facial recognition. Facial recognition. Yeah. <laughs> or so you well, think. <laughs> yeah, so you think. I was actually just listening to podcast, another podcast about the, the Knicks. Um, I don't know why I was listening about the Knicks, but whatever, I did. And they were talking <laughs> about forgiven. how... Um, <laughs> th- thank you. I appreciate. I really do You're appreciate welcome. that. You're welcome. And they were talking about how James Dolan uh, was, was, was asking about creating some facial uh, recognition to keep Charles Oakley out of the garden. Um, and so they actually might be, be doing some of that sort of thing. Um, How do you not recognize that. Charles Oakley? He's like, I mean, but yeah, that's kind of dumb. Like, like, <laughs> like, 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 I mean, you don't miss that guy. Yeah, that that is kind of dumb. It's like, all right, we don't really need facial recognition for Charles Oakley. This guy is like six ten, built like a tank. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what do you got, Adam? I got just a, just a, um, to do one more turn here before we go to our picks. I did purchase my first concert ticket. In, in in 15 months and uh, and, uh, and it will be relevant on on uh september 11th at the man willie nelson brings his outlaw music oh, fest yeah 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 oh and it's a great lineup there it's uh yeah, what is it willie sturgill simpson government mule and miss Margot price mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah i was wondering so, if you were getting tickets for that of course that's uh, that so sturgill i've been waiting you know i i didn't i had my ticket for the garden form last year and it and then, of course, it didn't happen. And uh, I think I'm hoping he's bringing his bluegrass band with him. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. I'm, aren't gonna... you going, Brandon? No, but I got tickets another tickets to another show at the Man. Like I think it's a week prior. I got my Morning Jacket and Brittany Howard tickets. Ooh, so I think that's just the, the week before. That's a nice pairing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Government Mule was your was your jam. Yeah, they are. I was thinking about getting tickets for that one, but I might I might still. Who knows. Now, here's the thing. Do you think they're going to be adding more acts to that? Because usually it's like a well, no, bigger uh, lineup, isn't it, Adam? Uh, oh, no. Well, with Willie, they show the, all those artists on the thing, and it's just four per per city. Like, like Sturgill will be on for like a month. Because like, uh, I saw it in uh, Scranton a few years back, and it was Willie, it was Neil Young, Sheryl Crow, and um, Chris Robinson. Oh, that was fantastic. And they each wow, get that's about – a good bill. That was, oh my God, Cheryl Crow blew me away. I mean, I mean, William Neal are two of my all times, and Cheryl Crow just knocked my socks off. But they, they, great. they each get like a little. I mean, uh, first acts get at least a little over an hour, and then the back two get like an hour and a half. So he just, he just, he just kind of alternates it through. So it's always like four acts. Because I've been to one of his, you know, festivals. Mm-hmm. Might have been the first year, and uh, there was a lot of acts on the bill. 
I think maybe he streamlined lot. it since. I, I, yeah, yeah, it's very possible. Because then, yeah, because there's certain runs with four. Because if you look, if you look at each venue, it's they he just meant they just named the four acts. It's going to be right, it's like Nathaniel right. Ratliff jumps on there. Chris Stapleton, yes, Brendan. Well, I think, I think this is actually a perfect segue because a lot of times on these festivals you have some star power that collaborations they get together for an encore or a finale or something, oh, and there have yeah. been group, super groups and there have been records born out of those collaborations. Absolutely. Wow. That was he's good. A, he's a professional, guys. Good he's one. a guy. Good guys, one. enough onto the pod. In the <laughs> right? way yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my nice Sherpa way of guiding us back to our topic. <laughs> that was very oh, meta man. of you. Oh <laughs> my god, he's a professional, guys. <laughs> so we're going to get to the picks now. And first, we have my buddy uh, Blonde Selick up with his top three favorite supergroups. Buddy, what do you got? All right. Uh, there is a lot of choices here, a lot of choices, and uh, I, I, I like everybody's choices. This was great. With no further ado, uh, my number three, I went with uh, uh, one of Jack White's greatest side projects, uh, the Tours. And uh, as the example, I used uh, their second album, Consolers of the Lonely, which is my favorite. I just... Uh, I kind of realized we never, we, Jack, we don't even like talk about Jack White too much on here. And I think he's kind of an important guy in the whole uh, scheme of things. So, and, uh, and Brendan Bayless is fantastic as well. And uh, this is, uh, I just really, I, when this came out, I enjoyed the hell out of it. So I want to throw it on there. So there's number three. Number two, I went with the Highwaymen. I'll find a place to rest my spirit if I can. Perhaps I may become a highwayman again. For those of you that do not know, that is uh, the, the uh, Four Horsemen, uh, Willie Nelson, uh, Chris Christopherson, Waylon Jennings, and Johnny Cash. And I will, I will be the first to admit this isn't the mo- uh, their first album. Here. It's not the most amazing album, but the idea of those four in a room just kind of you know makes my head explode. So that's number two. And then number one, I, I'll have to probably explain this a little bit later. This might be in, in retrospect, but I went with the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, enter the Wu-Tang, you know, in parenthesis, 36 Wu-Tang chambers. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to mess around with. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> mess with <laughs> nothing to trifle with but uh, <laughs> i mean and this was kind of and I'll, I'll i'll elaborate more later but i mean this was like the super group from the start that spawned a ridiculous amount of great solo albums it's kind of a reverse super group but uh i mean that, that very very relevant and 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 we can talk about more on that later but those are my three excellent sir excellent sir uh freddie bo betty freudy yeah. um yeah. what are your top three Supergroup, All right. So. My number three is VSOP. And they are some of the greatest jazz, modern jazz musicians ever played. Uh, they all did a stint in Miles Davis' band's bands in the 60s, but they really didn't get together 
to put the the group together until 79. Um, They only produced one studio album. They were essentially a live band. So that's my number three pick. Uh, My number two pick is the famous or infamous Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. That's where you cross the line. And uh, (laughs) their album, Deja Vu, classic, classic album. I believe they only made one album before they wanted to kill each other. And uh, maybe they still do. Uh, Oh, yeah, they do. (laughs) There was an interesting uh, piece on uh, CBS Sunday morning. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Yeah, it was very interesting. but yeah, that album album's great. Great group. Uh and my number one pick is basically the, the first could be in to my ears the first time I ever heard the word supergroup was pertaining to blind fate. Who was Blind Faith? And Blind Faith was Steve Winwood, Eric Clapton, Ginger Baker, and Rick Gretsch, bass player. The and, other guy. And the, yeah, the fourth guy. And they only put out <laughs> one studio album. I believe there's a live record. And I believe that they played, they were the opening act, act at the Rolling Stones Hyde Park concert. I mm. believe... And I think there's some uh, recordings of that somewhere. But uh, I've seen some footage. But that one album, that one studio album, is just top to bottom amazing. Ginger Baker, I'll tell you what, man. People talk, you know, about, you know, is he was he really good? Yeah, he was really good. <laughs> it, it, there's no doubt about it. That guy yes, about he it, could... doubt it, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> about it, doubt it. I like he that. could play. Beware, <laughs> Mister Baker. There's my three. Very nice, sir. Um, Patty, what do you got for your top three supergroup, sir? For my third favorite supergroup, I went with Oysterhead. In the grand banking water, where is it you stand? Underfoot, a swollen bastard around the neck of another man at the grand meeting table. Are you sitting near the And this was a collaboration between Trey Anastasio and Stuart Copeland, and of course, the wild and crazy Les Claypool on bass. They put out one studio album in 2001 called The Grand Pecking Order. My second favorite supergroup is a group called Boy Genius in all lowercase letters. And this is a supergroup of modern age with 
indie rock songstresses Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dacus. And they have one EP out that is spectacular. And then my favorite supergroup is Adams for Peace. And that's a supergroup that consists of Tom York from Radiohead, the well-known producer from mostly Radiohead Records, Nigel Godrich, uh, Flea on bass, Joy Warnaker on drums, and percussionist Mauro Rifasco. And the album I wanted to focus on was Amok. And those are my three. Those are very good picks, sir. Very good picks. Um, next, it's me, and I am Aaron Brown, the John Stockton's podcast. And my number three favorite supergroup is a group called Puss in Boots. You can take my money, you can take my man, you can try to reach it if you think you can. You can shake it down, but the um, And it is a supergroup. Uh, don't don't you don't you think less of it? Um, it consists of uh, Nora, Nora Jones, Sasha Dobson, and Catherine Popper. Um, they kind of formed in 2008, and um, they're just they have awesome, fun music. And um, actually, I got to say, um, following Sasha Dobson on Instagram, she's a, she, it's very entertaining. She always has live stuff on. She's very good. Um, talented. So oh, super talented. Super yep. duper talented. I mean, all of them are. Right. Um, and that's why they're a super group. Yeah. And so that's my number three pick. Uh, my number two pick, um, I just learned about them maybe last week. Um, but still, they're my number two pick. And when, because when I learned about them, um, I just, my mind was blown. And there's a group called Artemis. It holds the key to every heart throughout the universe. It fills uh, their only record, first record in 2020, um, and it consists of jazz supergroup uh, featuring Renee Rosnes, um, a pianist Renee Rosnes, clarinetist um, Annette Cohen, tenor saxophonist Melissa Aldana, trumpeter Ingrid Jensen, bassist Noriko Ueda, and drummer uh, drummer Allison Miller, and vocalist Cecile McLaurin Salvant. Um, and their music is top notch. Um, you know, top notch. Uh, they have a song, If It's Magic, Stevie Wonder song, If It's Magic on there. It's just so killer. My number one super group is um, a group not from America, but from Cuba. Um, Buena Vista Social Club. Um, they're a super group, um, maybe not in the traditional sense where everybody knows who all the individual players are, but in their own right, they are all killer uh, players. Um, and there's this, uh, a whole bunch of members. Um, I'll just go for uh, Luis Alemi, Carlos Calunga, Andres Coya, Alberto Lenoche, Rolando Luna. Um, the list goes on and on. And on Great and on. producer. Um, so, so producer, uh, Ry Cooter, I believe. Is that, is that correct? Yes, I've heard of him. <laughs> no, he's really great. And the album, the, the first album especially is great. And uh, they've gone on to um, do great things individually and collectively. So 
that is my number one super group. And with that, we're going to take a short break and be back with a lot more discussion. So hold on. And we are back. And um, so with this pick today, um, it kind of came from the, the, the mind, the, the vast uh, mind of Meta. Um, Meta, why'd you pick supergroups? Like, what is this topic? What, is this, um, what do these groups mean to you? Yeah, I've, I've always been fascinated with supergroups because it mixes celebrity with the high expectations of, like, serious music fans. Because... They're supergroups because they're people that are in the public sphere. They're not talking about like the side people that we talked about weeks ago. So they're well-known personalities, they're well-known musicians. And then this idea of them coming together to collaborate, I think is just really interesting because it doesn't always happen organically. Sometimes it's like they meet and they are put together for like a festival or they are put together for some sort of commission and then something springs out of that. And so I just think it's a it's an interesting topic to discuss because they often don't go well either. So just because there are really amazing personalities and musicians getting together, it doesn't always yield like this incredible result. So I just think it's um it's not it's something that's worthy of discussion. Well, you know, I'm gonna, usually we go through we we do this kind of back, um um where where we talk about the things that maybe don't go well at the end, but I just want to kick it out guys just for the contrast. Um, what are a couple couple supergroups, and I'll kick it to you, Adam. What are a couple supergroups out there that didn't go well? Oh God, I don't. I'm, and there's a uh, God. Have you guys ever heard of heard of a uh, Chicken Foot? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. It's like Sammy Hagar and Joe Satriani and somebody else, uh, and, I, and it's just oh Chad Smith of the Chili Chad Peppers. Smith on drums. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like it. It just kind of like. I, I bet it was a fun idea with all of you know Sammy's tequila and stuff, but it, I don't know, it didn't didn't really translate for me. You know, I mean, I, I, that Cabo Wabo is some good stuff, but uh, you know, I maybe maybe the music didn't hit so well, or like um, I don't ever see like that that um. Hold on, I want to make sure it's not anybody's honorable mention. No, okay, the uh, <laughs> Monsters of Folk. I don't know. It just uh, I love all those guys individually, but I'm just like, it's just kind of just. This is bloated, you know. It just didn't didn't uh I don't know. Oh, Monsters of Folk, what is it like? It's like M Ward, Connor Oberst, uh Yeah. Was Jim James in there? I think he was, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. And I love all I love all those guys individually. I mean, but it's just it's just too, you know, there's only to use a basketball analogy, Aaron, there's only one ball, you know? Right. There is. There's only one ball. There's only one lead vocal, you know? <laughs> sort of. So it. Yeah. Uh, but, it doesn't. Um, quite, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it, <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, I'll just say this for like the um, for the Boy Genius album. I I I really did enjoy it, um, Brendan. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a big Phoebe Bridgers fan, I, and uh, I just didn't. I didn't get enough of her on there for my for my for my taste. And that's kind of what where I guess would be like you know, the caveats of the super group is if there's one person in there you really 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 like, and then you're like you're waiting for like every third song for to you know take the lead. You know, Aaron, what's up? 
Yeah, and so and, and so that's that's really helpful, Adam. Um, and kind of talking about the contrast of what's good and what's not. And you kind of brought up, you know, one one thing where where it's a where it's a bad supergroup is where you might want to hear um, some more of a person, or if it's like everybody's got to throw throw all their ideas in there at the same time. Um, and it's not as coherent as um, as it might be. Um, and then with some of our picks that we have, um, you know, it seems like maybe they're a little bit more coherent, um, more judicious, judicious with the timing of who gets the limelight. Um, and and um, so that's kind of I just want to bring that up as a contrast between the two. Freddie, what do you got, man? Totally. Um, and and also uh, piggybacking on that, relating to that, the blind faith record works so well because who's who else is going to sing in that band besides steve winwood eric clapton no winwood's the man clapton plays his i'll tell you what that i'm not a huge clapton fan but in my opinion that is some of his best playing Mm. in uh in blind faith the guitar break in the presence of the lord is amazing just check it out when it goes into the vamp at the end. Incredible. And so it features everybody. You know, it features Ginger Baker's great drumming, features Clapton's classic guitar playing, and Rick Gretsch just holds it down. <laughs> just doing his Rick Gretsch thing. Exactly. <laughs> but that's that's a case where it really works because the roles are so well-defined. Adam. Yeah, um, just while we're on blind faith, it's just, um, this was kind of a very wandery time for Clapton. It's like the, the post cream life really bounced him around. And I, I, I always like blind faith. Um, what I always think of when I, when I listen to blind faith and, 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 and Ginger Baker, that second side of the album, he, he, you know, just that's his time to shine there on, on that second side. Fantastic. But, um, I'm the whole record he plays great. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, Oh yeah, oh yeah. Of course, I think he's just got like a bit of a featured drum thing on that second side, if I recall correctly. But um, um, Blind Faith toured with uh, Delaney and Bonnie, and uh, and they kind oh. of lured they lured Clapton away, and then he went to That's Delaney right. and Bonnie, and then he did Derek and the Domino. It was, it was just interesting. Blind Faith, like, it'd be interesting if he would have gotten such wanderlust so quick. I, I wonder, you know. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, well, I'll just kind of add add to the agreement that that was peak Clapton at that point. I don't think it ever got any better. I think I agree with you there. Uh, yeah, a lot I of think... hot takes on that Clapton today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think um, the, the idea that I wanted to bring up was like the the where the musical ideas are coming from, and it's I think it's really interesting with supergroups because, like I said before, you have these like really well defined musical personalities. And I think for me, the the example that I I think is maybe the most glaring is the Oysterhead album. So you've got those three guys have such signature sounds and are quite innovative even on each of their instruments too. And obviously I wasn't there in the studio to hear how it all went down, but I just feel like you can hear exactly whose idea is what, because it's just like Mm. all of those very different personalities and very different influences coming together and it can work i mean that that record like i think it shines for the most part there's some moments that are just like oh, okay this drags a little bit but it doesn't always work like um did you ever got do you guys ever see the the rolling stones rock and roll circus and the, yeah. the super group of the the dirty mac with yes. like mitch mitchell john, john lennon, lennon. yeah keith richards is playing bass one of my favorite 
bits from the whole movie, actually. Totally. Like, what if they made a record? And I, I think I'm not the only one that wishes that happened. Right. Right. And they, uh, they played, there's actually, just real quick, I think they played a few songs. They played a whole set. And I believe it's on Spotify somewhere. Huh. Their their whole, you know, that whole soundtrack. Sorry, Adam. Oh, oh, I just wanted to jump on with Oysterhead because, uh, I mean, it's very, uh, it's been noted a few times of my fish fandom. And and I did see Oysterhead in two thousand one at a uh, in Camden when they close oh, off wow. the back, which I really enjoy. But um, I think I'm kind of with you on the Brendan. Um, and I think while I'm not, I I'm I'm hot and cold on on Oysterhead. I think at the time it was kind of like a. I mean, Fish was on break, and and you know Trey and Les were are, are good friends, and uh, I think they just wanted to write some songs and go on the road and party, and 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 they did. I mean, they they sure got on the road and partied and and played, and, and which, and uh, you know that's that's fine. You know, they had people come. There was a whole with Fish, like uh, Les Claypool was getting into the jam scene at the time. He kind of, he's still kind of hanging there, and I, I don't quite know how the Stu Copeland link came I, I i probably did at one time but it's been a while but now and they're they're back this year they're actually they're um headlining the peach fest and i'm wondering just how the relationship's going to be um now that they're a lot older and like trey is completely you know sober and everything i'm kind of interested in seeing how you know how they interact now i might it might be really cool yeah so and i um it, you kind of uh, led me to think about ego and so like in that oyster head thing it was, you know, they might have had egos, but at that point they were like, I just want to hang out with my buddies and do stuff. Yeah. Um, so from that standpoint, there really wasn't a lot of ego into that. Um, but then you think about another record, um, <laughs> Freddie, your number two record there. Oh, God. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of ego in there, specifically coming from uh, the Y. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I actually you, you were referring to that CBS special that came out recently and I was listening. I saw that to my, and I saw it was a Graham Nash talking about that when he wrote, um, like, was it our house? Um, mm-hmm. and he said that, uh, Neil Young didn't even play on it. Like he just wasn't even on that, on that song. Well, and yeah. And then he, they're talking about like, so in Neil Young songs that, that he contributed to that album he just kind of recorded them on his own, exactly, and then brought them in. So that's like, uh, is that a super group at that? Point? Yeah, it's well, kind it's of defeating the purpose. It's, it's, it's totally defeating. So that's yeah. where like the ego is just like, yeah. Uh, but yeah. that's also about, why I like control. the first record better. But that's, don't forget about the C yeah. for egos no, either. That C, there's a little bit of ego in that the letter C there as well. Well, they don't apparently they don't communicate with him. With with which one? With C. <laughs> <laughs> The other guys don't talk to him. Crosby really? Something. Yeah. Oh, he 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 has said. Oh, I think he uh, he has said some things. He uh, said some Neil, disparaging to, to, remarks about Neil Young's lady. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, but they like, addressed that. They addressed that in the interview. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 uh, stay on that real quick, though. Like, if 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 other people, if he if if Crosby said some disparaging things about Young or Young's person, Young's partner, right? Which he shouldn't yeah. say, right? But on the same token, like, Stills and Nash can be like, dude, we're taking Young's side. That dude didn't, like, you wasn't part of the group. He I mean, you like got some you gotta, random other guy. You got to look back to Crosby. I mean, 
Crosby's ego. I'm, I'm a huge Crosby fan. Big, big, you know, just to put that out front. I, I think he's, he's put out like these four or five albums in the last few years. And I think they're all fantastic. Yes. And I love his first solo album. If I can only remember my name. Fantastic. But like what happened with him? The birds ego. They, they replaced him on the album cover with a horse's ass on the next album when they got rid of him. They, they, <laughs> I mean, they, they, I mean, he's just, he's, he's, you know, I mean, he's one of the, you know, uh, uh, harmonizing genius, but he, he, you know, he, I mean, he, he's done enough, you know, he had a big drug problem where he like, you know, snorted away his septum and that's why he started freebasing. Like he's, he's, he's had some issues and he said a lot of bad things to people. And, uh, if you, if you looked on his Twitter, you could see he's still, he still kind of goes to war. That's just kind of who he is. But oh, oh, and one, and one last CS and I know I'm running a little long here, but the whole idea of Neil Young, I'm with you, Aaron, is in that, like, the whole reason Buffalo Springfield broke up is with because Stills and, and Young like couldn't get along, and then they they do a great first album. Then they're like Stephen Stills is like, hey, why don't we bring Neil back in? We got along so well before. Like, what the hell was that? Okay, Brendan, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, this is this is good. So I think with while you were saying that, what was percolating for me was this the with supergroups burning so bright that they burn out. And part of that's ego. I think a lot of that's ego. And almost like maybe the quintessential reverse supergroup would be the Beatles because they didn't start out as one, but they became one because all of their personalities became so identifiable. Their musical contributions became quite obvious on the later records, especially when they weren't able to work together in the same room so much. And then they break apart and all of them have very successful solo careers. And so it's like, I think that's part of my fascination with the supergroup is just like this moment in time flash in the pan where it's like they come together and maybe it's going to be great. Maybe it's going to be weird and awful, but it's just this clashing of personalities and, and rolling the dice, really. And who knows what's going to come out? Right. Good point. Good point. That's an excellent. Uh, well, I was going to say that's an excellent segue, Brendan, to uh, Adam's number one pick. Um, enter. Uh, the 36 Chambers, that's the album, but um, but Wu-Tang Clan is the super group where they came together. Um, they were kind of separate initially, actually, uh, but well, when they came out, they were like a group of like 100 dudes. Oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> and um, their personalities kind of shine through. And that now they've all got, you know, uh, most of them got their own kind of sounds, their own kind of personalities, brands, if you will. And um, a lot of them are doing like amazing work. And that's so that's kind of a, another example of a group that kind of came together and then kind of branched out. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, fun. It's funny. Um, it, it's wild. You said that, Brendan, because when I was I, I was, you know, I with my record club, I'm always bouncing the ideas off and stuff. And I was talking about the Wu-Tang as the reverse supergroup. And my buddy Todd Troutman from the record group was like, well, under those pretenses, the Beatles are a supergroup then, too. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. And then here you are bringing it up, you know. Yeah. Just like that, so that you know, we're all yeah. you know, great minds, great minds. Huh? Wu Tang yeah. and the Beatles, same thing. Yep. <laughs> Who knew? Although the we know this Wu Tang is forever. Yes. Yes, that is true. And Beatles they are nothing to trifle with. Flash in the pan. Flash in the yeah. pan. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Freddie. I want. I this is an odd thought, but the first supergroup would that be the Rat Pack? Could be. Yeah. Although they never released an official release, that one bit that they did on Sinatra's album is just amazing. Imagine if they made a record 
they made a movie, right? Ocean's yeah. Eleven, the original. Right. But in a way, they're kind of the first super group, if you think about it. Yeah. Musically. I, yeah. Wait, one yeah. of them. One yeah. of them. And then the other one is one of my honorable mentions, which we'll get into later. Oh, not jumping the gun on it. <laughs> Just teasing. Not this time. Just, yeah. Not this time. No, I mean, another one I'll throw out there. Think of like the three tenors. That's a super group. Yep, and uh, that, that that crossed my mind. It's just uh, it was it's amazing that they collaborated for as long as they did because you have to imagine yeah. those egos are supersized. Yeah, well, I, I think the money helped In that more out. Always the one. They're like, I hate this guy, but man, I'm making a lot of dough. Especially, yep. the, especially the third tenor that nobody can name. He was he was all about them. <laughs> yeah, he was. He's like, come on, guys, one more album, <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. Uh. Oh, um, we just haven't really talked much about your picks, Aaron. So, uh, like, wh- what about uh, Puss in Boots and Artemis? Where did you, uh, how did you come about those? Well, Puss in Boots, I knew from a long time ago, um, being a Sasha Dobson fan, being a Nora Jones fan. And uh, so I've, I've been following them ever since their, their first record that they released. Um, I don't know exactly when they first were out, uh, maybe 20, 2014. Well, I, maybe? I enjoyed the heck out of both of them. They're both great. And um, well, yeah. Yeah, and they were just, you know, again, they just released a new record in 2020. Um, and it's just like so so fun. It's just so fun. And they just are really good at what they do. And it, it's a really good blending of um, their time. They're not like totally separate kind of entity kind of. They work in the sense, you know, but what they do is they bring together in such a great way. And so I've known about them for a long time. Um, They're great. Great together. Yeah, Sasha was in Nora's band. <laughs> ah, I saw, I actually went to the tower to see, visit, say hello to Nora and watch the show. Great band. And Sasha was right up front and she had a lot of input. She plays a lot of instruments. So that that's just like a natural progression to me, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. You, you were like, you were big time in there, Freddie. You're just like, yeah, I came to see uh, Nora. And, and then well, this, other, you know, this other person I, on the side was like, yeah, it's like, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> very cool sir very we, cool. we know each other very 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 cool hey, and i'll just go to my, my 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 other picks real quick and um so artemis like i said i just found a like last week um this was actually a very hard topic for me to do um because i was looking at all these lists of super groups and i was like uh cream no uh this no that no this no uh was it uh uh what's that one the stone temple pilots um uh, Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver. Uh, no, oh, no, no. no. There's so many no's. I I went through so many we, no's. We could do a like a a uh, worst supergroups pod just as easy. We could. Yeah. yeah. And then I went. Th- then I thought to myself, and I was like, yeah, well, didn't didn't have to be just like rock groups, right? right. Like supergroups aren't just Correct. rock groups. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, well, so what are the jazz it's like supergroups? And that's where I just Google supergroups jazz, and then that's when this record came out. This the the, the Artemis thing and. Uh, it's stellar. I don't know them individually. Their works that much individually, but I know Cecile McClure Sylvan, and she is outstanding. And so um, this record for me is is great. And then just uh, real quick on that Buena Vista Social Club, I was like, ah oh, man, like that's I, a great pick. It's like it's a whole bunch of people. Like nobody knows who they are when it came out, but it was just like Outside it was a super Cuba. group. Yeah. So in Cuba, <laughs> yeah. it, that was definitely a super group, right? Right. Exactly. Um, so then it's just a matter of like, how do you define? For me, I was like, I'm just going to define them as a supergroup, even though 
I guess in the wider Absolutely. world, they're not that super, but um, they are very good at stuff. Oh, that's a great pick. Um, so, yeah. Right, uh, Adam or, or Brendan, whoever I'll says go, something first. Mine, mine's a quick bite. Mine's a quick bite. Because <laughs> now we're talking about these reverse super groups and you go to jazz, you could probably say Miles's first few quintets are all reverse super groups, especially that. I don't know, the second one is my favorite with uh, Herbie Hancock and Ron Carter and Wayne Shorter. I mean, well, that, uh, that oh, oh, Tony became VSOP. Yeah. Well, there that you go. Is... Yeah. Yeah. I know about the first one. You got Coltrane and, well, I guess he became the his own. Cannonball Adderley. And, uh, yeah. And Philly Joe Jones. Yep. But uh, I guess, yeah, that is VSOP. I guess I kind of just put my foot in my mouth there. <laughs> Brendan, go quick. No, but but even but even some yeah. of his latter groups after that, her, um, John McLaughlin, Chick Corea, John yeah. McLaughlin, you know, Lenny White. I mean, all these great players came out of Miles. Back to Jeanette, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it really is anyone Miles played with in his first twenty-five years. All, so Miles in his in his own by himself is a super group. Yes, yeah, the yeah. biggest one. But look where he came from. Sure. Playing with, with Charlie Parker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Kenny Clark, like, you know, when he was 18 years old. Right. Yeah. I, would, so. I would say I would classify Miles as a kingmaker in that way because the mm, yeah. that he yeah. had in his band really, really elevated. But I want to say a couple things. Well, first off, I'd, I loved having the Artemis pick on there, Aaron, because that is a great record. I, I was familiar with them. I actually got to record Noriko, the bassist, once, and she was amazing. Wow. But wow. I love the. The, the crossing over of jazz as a supergroup because when I was thinking of this topic, I wasn't thinking jazz because it's more commonly used in rock and pop right. styles, uh, with like a band. And we mean a band in like the, the strict term of a group of people that are working together for long periods of time. But jazz is, is way more conducive to a supergroup because you've got very defined voices and personalities, and they may intermingle all the time. People guest on yeah. other people's records. Yeah. So I think um, I just appreciated you blowing open the concept of supergroup with, with your picks, Aaron. Well, actually, and let's follow up with that is so I think uh, in, in prepping for this topic or when we were first picking it, Freddie said, Oh, I can tell who, uh, who picked what. Um, and to be honest with you, I was like, what? Because I was referring primarily to Brendan and Adam. <laughs> yeah. But how? Because I, I, I look at Brendan's at this and I'm like, Brendan, this don't make no sense. Like, why don't you have any like some random, total like, sense to me. random weird uh, jazz album on here from like, you know, Radiohead connection, uh, Oyster Head. Yeah. Lots of heads going on. <laughs> and Adam's. You know, the Highwaymen and Wu Tang, that's totally Adam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hip hop and country, man. Yep. Come on. He's, the, he's our guy. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I, I definitely could see you uh, having a blind faith on there. And oh, yeah. Classic. Of course, Freddie, of course you would have Young attached to them. <laughs> that album's great. First but one's good I, too. I, yo, are we at the point where we can talk about honorable mentions yet? Or are we going to take a break? What are <laughs> I we think your head's going to explode. <laughs> like well, all right, we're going to take a we're going to take a short break and be back before <laughs> Freddie's uh, head before Freddie spills so, the beans. So hold hold, hold on.
Freddie, yeah, you have a lot on your mind, buddy. I do, do. I do. Give it, give it. I would like to get to the honorable mentions, and I would like Brendan to speak his first <laughs> because there's one on there that I just can't believe we all let fly right by. Maybe one of the greatest supergroups of all time. Go ahead. Uh, Did it? I, I feel like I'm walking into a trap somehow. Oh no! No, it's not a trap. <laughs> okay, I think so it needs to be addressed. Yes, it does. It does. I think I know where you're going with this. So my first honorable mention, I went with kind of a quintessential '90s band, Temple of the Dog, which is basically like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden merged together for a one-off album, as far as I know. And then my other supergroup which I think is perhaps the quintessential supergroup or maybe the superest of them all, if we were to really sit down and analyze it. And we'd be remiss if we did not mention the Traveling Wilburys, volume one from Traveling Wilburys, 1988. Ding, 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 ding. Head Who? saved. Who? <laughs> uh, I, I will just, I will make one point about this. And, and actually, I'll, I'll chunk the Highwaymen in there, too, in that, like, yes, maybe the most quintessential as far as the gravity of the names on there. And, but I don't really listen to the Traveling Wilburys. And I don't really, I mean, and I, I like the Highwaymen. Fire. I like the idea of the Highwaymen. But I'm not, I'm putting on a Willie album or a Waylon album before I'm listening to the Highwaymen. I'm putting on George Harrison or ELO album before I, petty before i listen to the traveling wilburys and that's kind of where it's like it's the idea of them together is grander than 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 the output in my opinion that's a great point i actually i'm i'm amazed when i listen to that the traveling wilburys record at that it's as good as it is considering all of the personalities everybody that needed to get their time in like it's it seems in a lot of ways sort of destined to be eh. (laughs) and it's not (laughs) eh. it's good it's jeff lynn that's you know his production man he kind of perfected his sound on that on that stuff. Totally, yeah. He was the architect, and it's it is it's, yep. it's good. And and people people have their time and they shine on it. But I agree with you, Adam. It's not regular rotation for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fr- Freddie, what did you got? What, what, what did you pick, honorably? Well, all right. My number two. I don't know if it's a one or two or whatever. One of my picks is uh, the Soul Clan. Which they never really made an album. Apparently, they they ran into some uh, some funny politics with Atlantic Records. But it was it was uh, Solomon Burke, Otis Redding, Wilson Pickett, Don Covey, and Joe Tex. Wow! Wow! Zoinks! Yeah, and I think they they only ever did a single, Jeez. and this was uh, 1966 through 1969. I would have bought a ticket to see that show. Yeah, definitely. And uh, maybe they are one of the earliest supergroups. I don't know, but just the concept of them is just incredible. And I listened to the single the other day. It's pretty good basically a solomon burke song the other my other hm is i guess the uh, americana supergroup golden smog 
seems to be their jumping off point was called Down by the Old Mainstream. And uh, I think actually the label that my wife worked for put out this record, uh, Ryko Disc. And it was uh, members of Soul Asylum, Replacements, Wilco, and the Jayhawks. So kind of like basically a Midwest, you know, Minneapolis, Chicago kind of deal so uh yep that's my other yeah, those are good picks sir um B B brendan uh we got to go back to you to find out what your other honorable mention was um some, something about a dog <laughs> oh temple of the dog yes <laughs> anyone needs like uh, a real time capsule throwback sound. If you want to just hear what like alternative rock in the '90s was all about, listen to Temple of the Dog. Do you know the backstory of that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, um, in in the the late '80s, or the a lot of the guys uh, before Eddie Vedder joined and, and it, it became Pearl Jam, this uh, singer uh, Andrew Wood was the lead singer oh, of his band yeah. Mother Love Bone. Love him, and yep. he uh, he he. Um, unfortunately had some uh, substance issues and passed away and he was friends with all them in that Seattle scene. And, uh, and so they kind of made the album as kind of like a, a, a tribute to him. Hmm. And that's why they had kind of the all-star line. And that's why it's like part sound garden part, what became Pearl jam. I think it almost predates Pearl jam or, or, or it's like right after 10. It's like, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get mis I don't want to misquote, but it's, it's right, right around there. that same mm -hmm. time. But, uh, but yeah, it was kind of just like a, yeah, it was more of just like a tribute to it, uh, because Andrew Wood was a very popular guy in the, uh, in that, in that, uh, in that scene. So that that was, yeah, it was kind of like an all star, a, a, a local all star tribute to him. Hmm. Very cool. And, and Adam, let's stay with you to find out um, your honorable mentions. Buddy. All right, all right. I picked a couple, just kind of. Uh, one one is an obvious super group, and the other one I, I, I'm going to throw to the to the panel here. But uh, one I have is a uh, Them Crooked Vultures, which is a pretty cool mix of uh, Dave Grohl on drums. John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin fame on bass, and uh, Josh Hom of uh, Queens of the Stone Age on guitar. Some cool crunchy stuff. It's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I'd be it'd be one of those I would love to see live, you know. And you just see him like, you're like, hey guys, remember John Paul Jones? It's kind of one of those things. And um, and then the other one I went with is uh, Run the Jewels, which uh. It's a uh, you know, LP from the you know uh, famous like uh, underground hip hop producer then uh, Killer Mike. Greatest MCs ever, and they joined forces to, to, to form Run the Jewels, and they've been kind of kicking ass ever since. But I'm like, this is where I kind of where I kind of hit a wall. I'm like. Does two does two make a super group yeah. or is that just a super duo? I was going to bring that up. Yeah, is it I was a super going duo? To bring that yeah. up because I was like, there's so many groups out there. There's just two, and they're like super duo. Um, yeah, I, I mean like Nalls Barkley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, or yeah. what's that? What's the new one that just came out? Um, that that song you really like, Brendan? Um, well, what you doing? Where you at? 
to have a hat. Um, you know, <laughs> that, leave that the him. door open. Oh girl. yeah, the Bruno Mars thing. Yeah, with uh the other guy, Anderson <laughs> Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack. Oh, no comment. You throwing heaters there, Brendan? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, like it's two people. I mean, come on, like I don't know. That's why I threw it in the honorable mentions because I'm like, I can't, it can't be. I mean, is, is it a group? But I mean, it is two, like, you know, it's two different forces combining, but no a group. Would you Three refer, a crowd. Would you refer a... to two people in a distance as a group? If they're big enough, maybe. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Depends on their size as a person. Yeah. Uh, Depends on their mass. Uh, uh, <laughs> All right. They got to weigh in. If they have another mass in their bodies that could have been a third mass, yeah. then. <laughs> If their combined weight would be enough for three people, there it would go. sink a basic rowboat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Um, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to give my honorable mention. Yes, uh, I have one, and I just actually thought of it because um, it's a reversed supergroup. Uh, Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, Ralph, and Johnny, too. Uh, otherwise known as New Edition. Uh, yes, they are a super group, and their members went on to much acclaim afterwards with Belle Biv DeVoe, with Ralph Tresvant, um, you know, Sensitivity, you know, Bobby Brown. Um, then you have, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Johnny Gill. Ma, 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 ma. So is that a reverse super group? That's a reverse super group for sure. Absolutely. And so I had to bring them up because I don't know when I will bring them up yeah. next. And I had Good to throw point. them in there. Good point. Hey, when you got the uh, moment, you got to strike. Yeah. <laughs> got to yeah, strike. Got to strike. So anyway, that's that. That's my one honorable mention. Because um, I have a whole bunch of two ones that, two people ones, but I think the weight limit just doesn't, just doesn't make a cut <laughs> on that one. Um, Take it to the weigh station. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on that note, uh, Adam. Take us home, buddy. Oh boy, no, this was this was a fun conversation because because we, we can talk about music and we can talk about like the the nuts and bolts of like you know putting together groups and and egos and everything. And I think what what I've kind of taken away from this, besides you know the 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 classic supergroups, is the the reverse supergroups, the the hindsight supergroups, or however you want to throw them, are is just as interesting or more interesting of a stu- as a study because it's like you know like even this, thinking of new edition like you never thought about it what came from that you know and yeah. then, you know beatles wu-tang clan all that and then also i think we've also set the table although we try to stay on the you know on the you know the thumbs up positive side is the worst super groups my god could we go we, we could we could go another hour just on that so i mean uh i think it's kind of fun to like you know when we could even do one of like you know oh there's always that one people do with like uh what would your personal favorite super group be where you make one up you know there's it's just kind of and you know it's just kind of that game where you can look at it from many Ooh. different angles you we're know we're gonna do that one we're gonna do that yeah. one we are yeah yeah we should there we go so i mean i think i think what it is is you're taking all these entities of you like or don't like and you can throw them together and make make a new thing and, that, and that, that's just it's always fun when you do that you know as long as you keep it light and don't make fun of too many people i guess <laughs> yeah not not too many yeah. Just Eric Clapton <laughs> and uh, that new Bruno Mars group. That's it. And chicken, chicken foot, <laughs> and chicken. Foot. <laughs> They're asking for it with that. One of the worst names, yeah. too. I mean, we could do a, a, uh, just, what the hell is that name? Yeah. Uh, and on that note, guys, this is the list. 
uh, Write Fiction Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe on your listening app. It really helps us uh, reach new people. And on that note, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later and see you next week. Take care. Yeah. Right fiction. <laughs>